Welcome to the first episode of Bourbon Glaze Nonsense. In today's episode, in sports, we'll be covering the NFC South and the outlook of possibly the best division in the NFL, NFL quarterbacks as women, tryhards of the week, and Cam Newton making his way to New England. In our quick technology update, we're going to give you a little insight into starting a podcast and how two individuals with both engineering and computer science degrees can't figure their shit out on how to record two people's audios. And then we're going to dive into Apple giving Intel the middle finger and other updates from the WWDC. And on to gaming, we're going to give you a little insight into the average everyman's COD world, our very mediocre KD, us discovering motion blur and aim assist for the first time, new replacements for the grouse since the epic nerf, and then we're going to answer the age-old question on what the fuck is a marksman rifle? <laughs> and lastly, we'll dive into the big questions of life in what is an unholy trinity and how do we feel about it? And we'll possibly take a question of the week from a listener in the coming weeks, but our, our own question of the week. So, Cole Bell, we got to go through this stacked NFC South and take a look at what's going on. I think the best place to start, not Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, but Jameis Winston in the Bayou. What Famous Jameis. Famous uh, Jameis with the crab legs. On crab legs or interceptions? Because I, I got <laughs> hot takes on both of them. Um, and I, I like how you said uh, famous Jameis in the Saints and uh, not Drew Brees, but... Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a hell of a division, you know. Matty Ice, obviously best quarterback in the NFC South, as he uh, self-proclaimed. You know, Tom Brady heading down there. But what's what's going down in the Saints and uh, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees? Who's gonna have more touchdowns? And you know, so, I mean touchdowns to the other team, your own team doesn't really matter. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hot take to start off with here. I oh think Drew Brees has already lost the locker room. I think with his stance. I think he saw the light. I saw the, think he saw the writing on the wall and said, oh, man, I made a comment or two. I see Jameis is here. I in, I in this touchdown interception ratio. He's got it dialed in from Tampa Bay, <laughs> threw a lot of touchdowns to the Saints. He's brought a lot of touchdowns from Tampa Bay. And I think he was like, you know what? I need to get back with my guys. I can't give up my 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 leading spot to Jameis. So we're, we're just saying that Jameis Winston has – Already established chemistry with the uh, with the Saints the Saints defense, but you know that'll just spill yeah. over to the locker room. He's used to throwing to people in the white and gold or black and gold or whatever uniform they come out in because he sees them home and away. That's the important thing, you know. When you come to a new team, you got to learn two new colors. But Jameis already has that in his mind. He's ready. He's coming in locked and loaded. So, so what you're saying is he's going to have a perfect rating against the Bucks because God forbid he'll ever complete a pass <laughs> to the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's going to see red and crimson or whatever colors they use out there that weird pewter gray, and I think that's what they go with. But he's going to see that, and he's going to just you know ball up a 152 or 100, whatever metric we random number we measure to these days. I mean, is it 152? Is it like 100? I see every fucking different 
rating system yeah, for like, quarterbacks. There's like, adjusted. There's the Manning system. There's the, <laughs> the the Madden rating. You know, anytime you get offline, it's like 153.8, despite the fact he had 87 yards and like three picks. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think we need to come up. What we're saying is we need to come up with our own scale on zero being Nate Peterman five interceptions and. 100 being Jameis Winston, three pick sixes and three touchdowns, 400 yards. But you just you just named the two ends of the spectrum, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. So you have you have yeah. God tier and Jesus tier right there. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I don't see a difference between the two. Yeah, it's going to be a tough it's a, it's a tough it's it's that like echelon that you aim to achieve but you never get into. But when you get there, you're like, "Wow, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to leave this this world I've entered." Oh God! <laughs> so, so moving on to the add to the actual like football commentary of this, <laughs> beyond just the uh, the Jameis Winston meme session, I mean, you know, do you see Jameis Winston as an actual replacement for Drew Brees, or is that still a Taysom Hill lockup? No, I, 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 I think it's one of those things where Taysom Hill is going to be that gadget player throughout the throughout the season. And if Drew Brees, for whatever, I mean, he is old, but if he gets hurt for some reason, Jameis is in there for a quick kind of step in replacement. And then Taysom Hill, I think, falls back as that, okay, we have a third guy that can get this done just in case shit hits the fans. But I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's my thought. Well, so you just replayed the 2019 season. I mean, I guess the question there is Jameis better than Teddy? No. God, no. At least, okay, <laughs> take that back. Let me reel it back. I realize this is my first time being on tape, so I can't be that definitive. I don't think so, <laughs> but I think Teddy Teddy Bridgewater had a phenomenal, what was it, like five or six game yeah. stretch. I think, he did, I think he did great, but I don't think Jameis has the dual threat that Teddy Bridgewater does even post his knee being torn to shreds. But he did get LASIK. He did get his eyes fixed. He can yeah. see the receivers now. Yeah, that 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 I completely forgot about that. Oh, but does that mean he can see the defenders as well? Because that's an important part of a part of Jameis's ability to throw, right? He's got to be able to to see which blob he needs to throw at. And I feel like, oh, maybe that's why he was so good. You know, before the LASIK, the colors blended together, and he <laughs> kind of threw up 50-50 balls. Now he's going to have clear divisions, and you you might be onto something. We might we might have a late running for Jameis as MVP. I mean, that's a you know. So not if Matty Ice has anything to say about that. Clearly, uh, he thinks he's the best QB and a front runner for uh, for the MVP. So I guess this is a perfect time to switch over to the Falcons and what I think is an absolutely unfair stacked offense. Now that you had Todd Gurley in the backfield. Yeah, I, I, I see that and and you know, as being an ex Patriots fan, I I see that lineup and I feel like everyone's gonna do the same thing the Patriots did is leave Matt Ryan with the ball to run, you know, thirty plays out there, they're gonna score six touchdowns real fast, and then that defense has to answer a lot of questions. And at the end of the day, I think it's a question of can the defense hold rather than can the offense outscore. So there's a lot to unpack there. First off, the expatriates <laughs> comment is everything I love about this offseason. Just everyone hitching their uh, their ride to the bandwagon, whichever way you want to go. 
I'm interested to see how many people are coming back to the Patriots now that they have a uh, formidable quarterback. But damn, I think the Falcons, if you look at that one-two punch between Julio and Calvin, I I think on their best day, they can stack up with the best one-two punch in the NFL. And I just think Todd Gurley is about to have an absolute resurgence given that he doesn't have to carry the ball 35 times. They're not in a stretch offense. They're not going to give him the ball. He's not putting that much pressure on the knees. And I think a lot of people forget, as good as Todd Gurley is, how good out of the backfield he is and how good in open space he is. You know, I think the, the, the Rams really turned around that franchise. You know, they got, uh, they got Goff. They got rid of the, uh, you know, the late great Jeff Fisher. No, Mm-hmm. Not gonna say he's dead, but you know, coaching careers. <laughs> but um, rest in peace. <laughs> you know, they they really had their bread and butter on that stretch zone offense, and and it put a wear and tear on his knees, especially coming out of Georgia with the uh, with the ACL tear. But yeah. I, I don't know. I got high hopes for the Falcons in a in a stacked division. I don't think I don't think the Saints are going to be able to keep up with them. I think the de- you know the Saints have the better defense, but I think the Atlanta Falcons, like you said had that like 2012 Patriots, like Ben don't break defense with just a high powered offense. Um, and if you look at, if you look at the other teams, in the NFC South between the, uh, you know, it's the Panthers and the Bucks. I just, I just don't think anybody's catching the Falcons. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay. I do, I do think the one, two punches is that that's going to be tough to compete with. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else I would throw up there. And I feel like no one else really stands out other than Mike Evans and and Godwin out, out in Tampa Bay, but and that's the same division. Yeah. I feel like you you might need to go out west to somebody like Keenan Allen and um, and Hunter Henry to to look at some type of really formidable where one guy's got that route running ability and Hunter Henry's just you know mini Gronk kind of Travis Kelsey like guy that's going to be able to play in between the lines. So I feel like, I feel like that's, that's a solid observation. I think I, I just, I have a lot of questions about that defense and, you know, a lot of money went into the hollow ring. You also have Chick-fil-A in a stadium that is playing on Sundays all the time. I feel like that just combines into a curse somehow. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. That's, that's yeah. an absolute dream right there. But can we, you know, <laughs> backtrack backtrack into the Keenan Allen Hunter Henry? I completely uh-huh. forgot about them because yeah. I, I well everybody know. did. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's kind of so. I'm gonna throw a quick shout out to to any any of let's let's be real here. Anybody who listens to this podcast, anybody who happens to be a Chargers fan, any any of the five of you, you are more than welcome <laughs> anytime, anywhere to be a guest. Absolutely preferential treatment to any of the five Chargers fans in existence out there. Please, we want to hear from you. I can't yeah. I can't express that enough. I, I, I just I have one question for that crowd if I can. I would ask them, would they give up the San Diego Chargers coming back to San Diego, obviously they're LA, but would they, would they rather have the chargers back and have the current team or would they allow them to move wherever they please, but continue to have Philip rivers meltdowns for the rest of their life until they all pass away. I feel like that's, I would personally give up a team coming back to my hometown just to see Philip rivers in that four, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock slot for those on the East central coast on the East coast central time zone. 
to see Phil yelling at a ref, fully red, you know, helmet mark pressed into his forehead. Oh, Phil, I would, I would take that any day of the week. There's nothing better than in the witching hour waiting for Philip Rivers to just give a good old gosh darn it heckin' tantrum <laughs> where it's almost, it's almost a game where you just try, how close can he get to cussing? How close can he, how angry can he get without the NFL having to break a sweat on? Is this guy going to do it? Uh. Is he going to do it? I mean, for, for a man with like nine to 12 children, he is so PG. He is so, he is so restrained in, in what he says. I believe the Rivers family is up to 11 in total. So I, I think I read that they can field their own football team now. So yeah, watch oh out. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that's how that's how Philip just keeps immortality in the NFL. You know, he gets dropped <laughs> from all thirty-two teams. The expansion Rivers franchise. <laughs> They'll just have their own NFL team at some point. Oh man! All right, so mo- moving moving all the way back to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I know, I know, uh, Cold Bell, you're a big fan of picking up Mike Evans in in the first or second round of fantasy oh, yeah. football. Oh, I know yeah. you're a big fan of getting let down by him every other week, only to see him th- toss up like 60 points every other week. How are we feeling now that he has a quarterback that can both see and has pedigree beyond being able to steal crab legs from the local grocery store? So first off, I don't have a problem with just Mike Evans. I guess I just have a problem with any big men receiver. Between Mike Evans and any receiver over 6'5 and over 220, I just it just it's a loss for me. I can't draft any of them. I need short, I need short speedy guys to get me yards after the catch. I think So what Tom you Brady, want is Chris Godwin. I want Chris Godwin. Yes. And I'll say it now, and I'll be definitive. I don't care if this is our first time. I don't care if this is the first episode. I don't care if this is the last episode. I think Tom Brady's washed up. I think without Belichick, he is in for a steep decline. And Mm. I, you know, I thought Tom Brady has been falling off the radar the last three years. I thought his arm is clearly not what it was. He's an absolute student of the game. But I, I... I will say it here for the first time. He is not a top 10 quarterback this year. I would even venture Ooh. to say he might be bottom bottom half of the league. Wow. Wow. That's, whew. I feel like I'm going to have to come through the mic to just, just fight you <laughs> over there. Damn. Um, okay. So I will say last year was rough for Tom. That was that was a tough year. I, I will say he did not have a receiving core which is, I know people see that as an excuse and they're like, oh, look at Aaron Rodgers. But I feel like, I feel like you know, you got to compare Devontae Adams to Julian Edelman. And let's be honest, you take Devontae Adams 10 times out of 10 on that one. Yeah, but you're talking but, uh, about two systems. I mean, Julian Edelman is like Belichick's idea, like Belichick's son of what he wants for a receiving core. I mean, Belichick has said he, he does not value the outside receivers. He brings everything back into the middle. And that was yeah. that's been Tom's game. Look at look at when they won the Super Bowl against the Falcons and came back. Everything was was deep over the middle and and you know uh, bringing the receiver under cover three. 
Yeah, but but the thing is, and and as being someone who was actually at the game in the stadium, there were a lot of out routes, a lot of comebacks on the far side. You know, Chris Hogan made his made his career in New England running two routes. It was you know the twenty yard streak with a stutter step and go and run that into a post or whatever he needed to do with that, or just come back hard off of that. And I feel like Brady had the arm strength and accuracy in the second half of that game to really get him there. But let's 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 make it interesting. First or last episode, what whichever way we look at this, who is going to have and it'll be tough to kind of look at and evaluate these seasons, but who is going to fare better? Tom Brady in Tampa Bay or Julian Edelman staying if he does, staying in New England. Oh, I think I think Tom Brady in Tampa Bay is is in a much better position than Edelman in in New England. I mean, just from a from a personal and an individual standpoint, I think you know looking at looking at the two options between Cam Newton. I know we're going to talk about Cam Newton a little more in depth, but I think Tom Brady was a much better ball delivery man than Cam Newton is. Cam's a better playmaker, and I think Cam can Cam's in a better position right now where you can build an offense around him if he makes uh, if he stays healthy. But I think Tom's in a much better place with the upgraded receiving core. And, uh, you know, he, he has chemistry with Gronk coming back, too. And I think that's a, you know, I don't think Gronk is going to even be 80% of what he was. But the chemistry there is, is, is something that can't be overlooked. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's fair. That is fair. But I'm glad we're on the same page that Brady's going to fare way better. I, I have a I have a feeling that he won't be a, it won't be an MVP type season, but I, I have a feeling that we're going to see shades. And when I say shades of the 2007, 2008 or, you know, whichever season that is, whenever Randy Moss came to town and they hocked up 50 uh, touchdowns or so in, in, the, in that season. That's what I'm feeling. That's my that's my take. OK, I mean, he is he is coming in hot. I mean, demanding number 12, calling it Tampa Bay. Okay, he didn't demand number 12. He said Chris Godwin could keep it. But, I mean, mean, let's imagine this, Colbell. You walk in to a, you know, to your third year, what is Godwin, third year, fourth year in, in the NFL. You led the receiving yards last year. And somebody who has six Super Bowls comes in and it's kind of like that icing on the cake where you're just like, hey, if I, I can keep 12, you know, Tom says I'm good with 12, but I know if I give him 12, he's going to throw to me so much more. Would you rather be on that side or would you rather be like, you know what, fuck you, Tom, I'm going to light a fire under your ass, but that might come at the cost of you throwing the ball at me. Yeah, but who had more to lose by giving up 12? You're talking about Chris Godwin maybe getting less passes. Tom Brady is TB12. Like, how how does that fare if he wears 14? I mean, who's buying anything TB12 <laughs> if they can't buy a TB12 jersey? <laughs> that is true. TB14 just sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of things that are relevant or not, are, are, are the Carolina Panthers even on the radar in this division, or do we just chalk this up as a, as a building year, even with Teddy B? I don't know, man. I... I they're 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 sneaky i think and it's it's you know teddy is for that offense might actually be an upgrade to cam and that might be that might be a hot take but i think again it goes back to cam is very dynamic and cam's gonna find the end zone and cam is gonna make plays with his feet with his arm even but i think teddy bridgewater is a better safer option 
for the pieces in Carolina. I mean, really all they got to do, one, is get the ball to CMC. And I think that's that's no secret to anybody. But then looking mm-hmm. at, you know, you got Robbie Anderson now who is in, who is a threat down the field and was, was you know, I'm glad he's out of New York and, and, you know, he was just wasting away at the Jets. But then between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, talk about a fantasy powerhouse. I mean, mm-hmm. those guys just get in the ball underneath and, and let them go to work. And I think Teddy can do that. And he proved he can do that when Drew Bees went down last year because the types of routes they run are very similar to Michael Thomas running, you know, 13 to 15 slants a game and then picking up 80, 90 yards after the catch. So I I don't know that, you know, the Panthers on paper, they don't look, they don't look flashy. They don't look sexy, but I can, I can see them sneaking in the wild card even, you know, as a, as a, as a secondary piece behind the Falcons. I mean, if I, if you ask me right now, if you ask me right now, I'm saying, Ooh, then you got the Saints. I, you know, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to say number one, the Falcons. Number two, the Panthers. Number three, the Saints. And then I'm going to say rounding out the bottom is wow. TD14. Wow, that's okay. Remember, we're being recorded now. This is this is you're going to have to like tattoo this on your chest or something. Oh, we are, if you we lose. are tattooing it out there. You know, hold lock me down to it. So, so I I will hold you to it. I will say that the Panthers are going to be better because I think Cam Newton had, you know, the injuries and all that. He also didn't know how to put touch on a ball. You know, those slant routes were coming in 100 miles per hour. I feel like it was tough to catch those balls, led to a lot of mistakes. But looking at the wide receiving core, I just pulled this up quick. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, first three wide receivers, right? What does that tell you? Uh... I don't know if you if you see this, but they're all three the same guy, right? It's 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 a short, fast, really agile route runner who can just burn you over the top, but also gives you that threat, you know, on the inside because you you have to be worried about the deep routes. I feel like you're going, and then you know, with Christian McCaffrey there, obviously you have the receiving back. I feel like if you line up and just keep everything within the first ten to fifteen yards. And you have a good enough line, you could probably cause a lot of damage against against the Panthers. And because of that, I'm going to say they're going to round off the bottom, and we're going to have, I'm going to say the Saints and Tampa Bay are going to fight for the first spot. I don't know yet which one. I feel like, I feel like Drew Brees is so much more comfortable and knows his system so much better than Brady. That'll give him an advantage. So I, I feel Saints number one, Tampa Bay number two. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan and the high flying Eagles at, or not Eagles, sorry, Falcons, wrong bird at number three. And then the Panthers at four, but I will give you, I will give you a hot take to Marvel to compete with your hot take. I'm going to say all four of these teams make the playoffs. I'm going to say the whole four teams, the whole NFC South makes the playoffs. Okay. That is, that's my hot take. Is that even possible? If, yeah, of course, yeah, of course it is because you got I, I, you got two wild card spots, but then I think you also have the uh, I don't know if it's this year, but we have the expanded wild card right now. We got a third wild card sticking in there, so I, I think I think it just opens the door for having a full division inside of the playoffs. But either way, I say they all go one and one against each other, whether it's rigged, whether it's not, but they all go one and one. And they just tear apart everybody else that they play so that each team maximum three losses. 
So what do you think Vegas gives you right now on the entire NFC South making the playoffs? I I, I really hope it's like 5,000 to 1. And if I've learned anything from soccer, if you see 5,000 to 1, shout out to Leicester City, you throw at least 10 bucks down on that. I mean, so shout out to the they, office. Anyone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything, <laughs> you take it. <laughs> Who, who's winning the Oscar for Kevin? Was it? Uh, no, it was some, some oh, guy. Shit. Yeah, that's never going to. Benedict Cumberbatch? I'll imagine that. Um, but yeah, so so I, I would be, you know, I'll say I, I will throw down $100 if somebody can figure out how to make that bet for me. I'll throw it in. Wow. To all three of our listeners, if you can make that happen, <laughs> you got 100 bucks. <laughs> If you want to become a bookie. <laughs> All right. So should we move on to what might be your favorite topic of this show, Cold Bell? Oh, boy. Just making me question everything I know about myself. And, I, you know, I think we got to give a little background on this because I don't think any, everyone's seen this. There's some fire pictures going around. I don't know who did it, but basically taking the top, I guess, 30 to 35 quarterbacks and just reimagining them as women. And wow, there are some, there are some interesting phases here. And I think, you know, the, the first thing I have to call out, something that's been, been troubling me for the past few days is female Jimmy G or Kimmy K, whatever, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> God damn. That's just making me question everything about myself right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can I can see it. And and the, the weird thing is, along with uh, Jimmy G, I feel like some of these people actually might look better as a female than they do as a male. You know, I, I'm looking at these pictures and, you know, Derek Carr, not a great looking guy, but as a female, I, I don't I don't think he's that bad looking. I just love how they captured kind of that gothic uh, kind of look. <laughs> That Derek Carr, yeah. I, I don't even think he has a goth look, but he always he always makes me think he was uh he was 16 years old in some weird ass like punk band. For I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I have no reason to think that, but I'm convinced <laughs> it happened. Well, you, you you have seen him meeting Antonio Brown for the first time, right? I don't know if you remember that yep. video, but <laughs> yep. Antonio Brown pulls up at Derek Carr's house, and it is the most awkward 30 seconds because you know Derek Carr is you know a good down-to-earth Christian man, got his wife, you know, got his kids, and here comes Antonio Brown, probably in a full Gucci track suit, probably got, you know, electric, electricity coming out of his hair, and Derek Carr didn't know what, what to say. He's just like, oh, yeah, yo, what's up, man? So good to see you. So good to have you. When'd you get here? And then it was a repeat of those three exact things <laughs> over and over and over, but... uh yeah, so I'm I, I'm I'm I, I know I, I think Jimmy G runs away with it. I, I don't think anybody else is really close to him, but I will say I feel like all of the NFC North quarterbacks in here. I'm I'm looking at Matt Stafford. I'm looking at uh, who we got out here, Kirk Cousins. And I don't think they have uh, Aaron Rodgers on there too. All those guys, they honestly look like you've seen them at the grocery store. And being somebody who's lived in the Midwest, I think they look exactly like the stereotypical Midwestern woman. You know, they they have some of the blonde, they have some of the brunette, and it's just, you know, you can see it. You're like shopping and there's female Aaron Rodgers. I think they whoever did this nailed it. 
absolutely. Oh, if you're talking, if you're talking Midwest, you have to scroll all the way to the end to Joe Bur- Joe Burrow as a woman is like <laughs> is a hundred percent pulling out their phone to record the cashier at Walmart. There is no <laughs> shot she is not carrying up the day. She is an absolute oh, yeah. Karen. Just those those eyes are telling me. Can I speak to your manager? <laughs> that's and then, that's impeccable. And then the other Astute. the other side of the Midwest spectrum is just Samantha Darnold, just has the <laughs> busted face of someone who's been working on working in the field for twenty years. Oh my God, that's awful. Jeez. So I guess I guess that leads us to kind of what what what, what do we think is worse on your Big Ben as a woman or Sam Darnold as a woman? Who's who's looking tougher? I, so it's it's Ben. Oh God, I just can't get my eyes off Big Ben right now. God damn, <laughs> Ben just looks rough. I mean, Ben looks rough as a guy, especially when he got hurt last season. Really let himself <laughs> yeah. go. I mean, the question is, does Ben does Ben even assault female Ben, or is that even Ooh. like too far of a stretch? Yeah, I, I have I have a feeling. You know, there's there's two parts to this. I'm looking at Ben, and he's got like the eyes in that picture. They're just like. I don't know. They're just giving me giving me the creeps. He just looks like he's he's just regular Ben with long hair, and that's the second part of it. Yeah. I don't think it took much of a transformation to get Ben to look like a woman. I know he's you know this is without the beard, obviously for people not looking at these pictures, but no beard, long hair. I I really really feel like Ben Roethlisberger looks very very close to becoming a woman if you just give him long hair. That's a that's an un that's an uncomfortable thought right there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just scroll back to Samantha <laughs> Darnold because I, I feel I feel bad because I think it's not it's it says more about the Jets than it does about her. I mean the Jets <laughs> just can't get anything right, just nothing. So of course of course in a female NFL quarterback comparison, that's what that's what we end up with. We end up with yeah just busted up Samantha Darnold. Do, do we also take a look down at Jared Stidham and look at New England and say, well, that's a very well put together woman. It looks like she she could honestly start for the New England Patriots next week and talk about, you know, in a press conference how she really, you know, followed the game plan. Teammates kept her going into it through the game winning touchdown, but was grateful to, you know, everybody from the janitor to the ball crew. The only thing I'm looking at in a Patriots uniform here is Tom Brady as a woman, and I'm just thinking to myself, if that's what Tom Brady looks like, does his son kiss him back? And that's what I need to know. <laughs> oh, God. As, as we know, that might be the most uncomfortable moment on the internet. I will say, though, and I think we might need to do a follow-up segment on this, which female version of a quarterback seems like she could outperform the male version of the quarterback? Because I'm looking at this, and I honestly think that we need to see some more females because I, I I think they they look like they could drop you know 400 yards and three touchdowns on some of them. Oh, Drew Drew Brees as a woman is just she's a competitor. She's a competitor because yeah. I think she's about to play linebacker. I don't know that yeah. face just tells me she's about to lay the hammer. Yeah, and then I Honestly. think I, I also I need to give Patricia Holmes a shout out because I think that just shows that Patrick Mahomes can do no wrong in anything. Throw a ball. <laughs> Give an interview become as Kermit the Frog, become a woman. Like he, he can't do no wrong. Like I'm uncomfortable. Again, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> eat ketchup, eat a steak. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> looking at these pictures, just thinking that's Patrick Mahomes. Okay, 
I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So what what we've learned from this is that all almost all the NFL quarterbacks look better as women, and some of them look exceptionally better as women, and about half of them look like they can outperform their male counterparts. God, I'm gonna go requestion everything I know about <laughs> life right now. That is just my my mind is just absolutely blown in all of this. I, I hate it. I don't like it. All right, try hard of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's quick probably, little break let, here. Let's talk about baseball. Probably the only time we're going to talk about baseball, and and let's be let's be real here because you know inaugural episode we're really clearly crushing it. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably talk about baseball and and basketball maybe once in a year. Yeah. So right, just right when they end, just we're, to we're, let people we're know. filling our quota early. So talk talk to me about baseball as the try hard of the week coming back in Rona. Even if teams drop out and and scaling down to a sixty game season, so so you have to you have to think. I think I think the the move was correct to move to a sixty game season because I've said this the whole time. I think some baseball games, if they were just abbreviated, which is what cricket did, and and you know I'm I'm more familiar with that sport than I am baseball. That but cricket did the same. Cricket said the same, did the same thing. They had, you know, two formats. One took, takes five days. You know, that's the original style of cricket. One takes about, you know, five or six hours. And then somebody said, hey, how about we speed this shit up, guys? And let's just make it electrifying. And that's what they did with T20 cricket, which was they took a game and not even in half, they cut it to a third. And they said, that's what you're going to consume. And it's and it's a wonderful format that most people now enjoy watching. So I think baseball took the right step in saying, let's shorten the season, which is important. But I think they need to shorten the game. But the biggest mistake they made and the biggest way they're trying to stay relevant is saying, hey, if you're a team that's, let's just call it, to chicken to go through and battle potentially a deadly, you know, pandemic and you want your team to stay safe and not cough up a lung and not die and you want to drop out, we don't care. We'll keep running the fucking season. Like it doesn't matter, you know. If if tomorrow the New York Yankees say, "Hey, you know, not the right time to come back. We're worried about, you know, Aaron Judge coughing up a lung. He's got lots of years left in those legs and lungs. We're not going to do it this year." MLB is just like, yeah, man, I don't care. We we need to we need to get sixty two games out of somewhere. We'll we'll find somebody else to take your spot. <laughs> they have to though. They have to. They, the second if they cancel the season, they're becoming less and less relevant. I I, I mean I completely agree. And I think I, I don't think there's anyone out there who's going to say baseball games need to be longer. And I don't mm-hmm. even think I don't even think it's a length issue because what was it three and a half hours versus the NFL is probably a a three to three hour fifteen minute game. There's just so yeah. much dead time. They even added like mm-hmm. a, a, t- a pitch clock to yeah. get a pitch out there. There's just so much dead time. And I'm telling you, I've been saying yeah. I've been saying for the last three years, the way you make a game more exciting and keep people engaged is you let the batter charge the mound. Anything <laughs> close, anything I was waiting remotely for. close. Excuse me, introduce UFC. <laughs> anything remotely close, you let the guy just charge the mound. And you give them, you give them fifteen seconds. No, no bat, <laughs> no bat, no ball. You just those two guys. You get fifteen seconds of just uncut shit show. I so, think you get you give that, and you let the base runner barrel over the fielder, and it's <laughs> the game is so much more exciting because you are just because think of how many side bets you can have. 
who's getting yep. a broken leg, who's getting into a fight, who's getting knocked out. You're combining uh-huh. the, the, the fight card with the I MLB, and I think that's that's a bookie's dream. I love this. Yeah, and and you know, I think I think though I think you have half a rule there, and let me try and complete it for you in letting the it. You know, what I always get sick of is I see you know triple play or double play, and these guys are trying to sprint thirty yards like it. You know, their life depended on it. They're so slow, but. Every once in a while, you get even the faster players like McCutcheon or somebody, and and, and you'll see the first baseman stretched out like seven feet with his glove sticking out, and this guy's like, you know, the cleats just barely in the air, and he's out. I feel like what we do is we allow the base runners to see, hey, I'm going to get tagged out. But if the guy's going to tag me out, I have the opportunity to just barrel through him, and if he loses the ball... I get to stay safe on the base that I barreled through. It doesn't allow you to keep running, so you don't get any kind of advantage of it, but you at least give the runner a chance if he's slow. So imagine somebody like, I don't know, like CC Sabathia size, just barreling towards you at first base. That first baseman's gonna have a lot to think about. Do I wanna stretch out and try and catch this, or do I wanna let big old CC just run through the base? And I I think we're getting to a core kind of realization of all sports is that we care about sports that concussions are an issue. Like that's, <laughs> I think that's the common factor in all the popular sports. How do we introduce concussions exactly, into the MLB? <laughs> exactly. It's the risk. It's the danger. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the sports thriving right now. UFC, Fight Island, the concussions are a problem. Look yep. at the NFL. The NFL's never been bigger. You know, Could be because of political issues. Could not be. I think it's because concussions are a real thing. <laughs> the second we make sports more dangerous, we're going to watch it. So how Agreed. do we... I'm going to take another, another hot take alert. How do we introduce concussions into the MLB? You allow mm. fighting. You allow mm-hmm. contact. Let's, let's make baseball a full contact sport. Exactly. I love it. I love it. I, I think I think we've turned try hard of the week into how do we fix baseball. Maybe that could be our recurring segment once a quarter. How do we fix hey, baseball? How do we fix baseball? We'll build on our ideas. Yeah. Uh, all right, so last piece of news in sports, Cam Newton to the Patriots, and I'll, I'll lead this off a little bit being a pa- ex-Patriots fan. i got to remember to put X, X in there. X, Ex-Patriots X, the, uh, fan. Yeah, yeah, TB and TB. Um, yeah. But, hey, don't worry. I still got my Lions. I'm still going to be miserable. They're still going to surprise me, but I'll save that rant for I the think, NFC I think North. every every Tampa Bay so-called fan who followed Tom Brady – has to prove their loyalty and take a trip to Florida during the pandemic to show how true mm. of a fan they are. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm if I'm in Texas, which is performing just as bad, can I just like go to downtown and just call it even? No, because because you're still in the U.S. with a like mm. Florida Florida people are just a <laughs> different breed. I mean, I'm just waiting to see Florida Tom in his first uh, in his first press shot. I mean, people make a meme about. Cam Newton and his outfits and what he's going to look like in a in a in a Patriots press conference. I'm just waiting to see Tampa Tom rolling mm. out with like three missing teeth, a green strip <laughs> in his hair, looking like a combination of riffraff and the, and the guy who hunts the Gators on Moonshiners. <laughs> So what, what we're really looking to see is what's going to happen faster. Will Cam Newton find kind of that New York style corporate dress wear more appropriate faster than Tom Brady will find bath salts a way of keeping 
you know, TB12 health going or something like that. Oh, don't get me wrong, though. Cam, Cam Newton's dressing up like Uncle Sam. He's getting a little red, white, and blue sport coat <laughs> and top hat and growing out a great beard. Like, don't get me wrong. He's about to look ridiculous. But Tampa Tom is going down downhill well, real real quick. Or do we, do we think Cam Newton's going to just soften up Belichick? Like, you know, we're going to see Billy, instead of doing, you know, cut-off sweatshirts, he might be doing cut-off sweatshirts but it's like, you know, Supreme or something like that. I feel like he's going to introduce a little bit of current fashion into a very kind of stifled, you know, old school, traditional cloth wearing, you know, that traditional Patriots regimen of we're all the same. We all have the same haircut. I'm Danny Amendola. I'm Wes Welker. <laughs> I'm Tom Brady. We might be the same person. I don't know. I, I feel mean, like Cam's just going to liven up that locker room a lot. I mean, fuck. Bill might even smile. <laughs> the Which world, the last, the might last time... Last time he smiled was against the Jets, right? When he tried to oh, yeah. pur- uh, purposely do the run out the clock by getting six delay of game penalties. Oh <laughs> that was that so, was talk about a man playing four dimensional chess. Oh, Bill yeah. Belichick turning a turning a penalty into a strategy. <laughs> Yeah, and then it bit him in the ass. But I will say, I think Cam Newton will thrive with Josh McDaniels. Just look at what Josh McDaniels did with Tim Tebow. A much worse, inaccurate, less mobile version of Cam. Like, you know, Tim Tebow's on the floor. Cam Newton's through the ceiling, obviously. But I'm saying Cam Newton, I think, is going to, like, let Josh McDaniels just go wild in that offense and just dream up of all the things that he couldn't do with Brady because Brady is, you know, a 40-year-old guy with a colostomy bag hanging out. That's about his mobility. Other than that, you know, one or two incredible ducks he'll do because he's got eyes in the back of his head. Not a lot of not a lot of mobility out of Brady. I feel like the Patriots offense is going to spark. I just think all the all the Brady fans are crossing their fingers that Cam Newton does not succeed. Because if Cam Newton <laughs> succeeds in New England, that just gives so much validity to the whole like system quarterback argument. I mean, one one needs to one needs to fail without the other to kind of mm-hmm. to kind of put an end to this. Like, who who's really the mastermind in all this? Was Tom Brady the greatest of all time, or is Bill Belichick just a quarterback savant? And I'm yeah. I'm I'm excited to see which way that goes. I mean, I'm more excited to see the new Northeast rivalry and the resurgence of the New York, New England clashing. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, now that Eli is gone, you know, e- Tom Brady never could never hold a candle to Eli, could never beat him. You know, <laughs> I, I think we can all agree Tom Brady could never win the big game. But look at look at Danny yeah. Dimes coming in now. You know, you got Cam Newton, Superman. You got Danny Dimes, Kryptonite. I am, I am ready for another two giant Super Bowls, and I'm calling it right now. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's history is da- uh, deemed to repeat itself. Yeah, so what you're going to have is the accountant versus the guy who's going to dress up fancy, which is pretty much the same as Brady and Eli, right? Well, you know, well, Eli not is the, wearing not his the accountant, button. Not the accountant, the accounting intern. Ah. Let's get that right. Uh, the accounting intern, yeah. He looks like KPMG is about to pick him up in the third round <laughs> for an internship. Got, when you got the baby blue button down with the North Face <laughs> backpack, you know you're an intern. <laughs> and the khakis. Oh, man, incredible. Well, I think that wraps up sports. Now for a word from our imaginary sponsors. 
This episode of Bourbon Glaze Nonsense is partially brought to you by M. Scott Paper Company. Their prices are so low, they're driving themselves out of business. But if you or a loved one or anyone you know, maybe even yourself, have a real business and would like to be sponsors, please, please, please consider giving us money. Thank you. All right. Moving on to technology, our favorite topic, something we should have a decent understanding of should. given should. should should keep in mind should and i think you know the f word gets thrown around a lot the f word gets tossed around people are getting canceled left and right let's just keep in mind we have we have humble brag three stem degrees between the two of us both work in technology and we are frauds we we yeah. it took us 2 hours to figure out how to record the voice of two individuals. We are frauds. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough look when you got to look at yourself in the mirror after this and just, you know, think about all the challenges that you might have thought you faced in your life. And, you know, if you thought about podcasts, the fear of what are you going to say? Can I be funny? Is this going to be something I want to do? hardest thing for the two of us was to figure out how the fuck to record this shit. It's just, I, I that was so challenging. looking at myself in the mirror as it is. <laughs> and then to add this on top of it, I, I, I don't know. I, this, this is a bag over my head kind of moment. Do, know, we, do, we think it's, do we think it's because we fall into that weird generation where we're like the start of those tech oriented, but we're, we're still carrying the baggage of a Game Boy Color? Is, is that really what's holding us back? I, I mean, I'd like to point it to anything. I mean, there's 12 year olds who are like monetizing, like <laughs> streaming on multiple platforms and I can't even record offline audio. Like we're not, yeah. let's, 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 we're not even doing video. Nope. We are not even doing video. I have yeah, a imagine micro- how long that's going to micro- take. <laughs> I have a microphone <laughs> plugged into my computer, and I was praying that this was going to work. I was praying. Yeah. So, yeah. as we talk about technology again, let's let's keep let's everyone keep in mind that everything we're doing is of the utmost mediocre and average, and representative of the bare minimum of preparation. Wow. <laughs> that was, you know, I, I hope that bourbon glaze nonsense gets into a dictionary and that exact, it's like a wave file. Even if it's a text, a wave file pops up and that's, that's what plays out. Oh, so diving into technology, I think the, we have to talk about Apple. We have to talk about Apple. We have to talk about WWDC and of all the announcements around iOS 14 and the iPhone and the only thing or the biggest thing that Apple is doing right, we have to talk about the big middle finger to Intel and something that everyone saw coming for a couple of years now, Apple switching to ARM processors and bailing on Intel. And I'm excited. I'm excited because the last few years of the MacBook were just crippled, crippled by thermal throttling, thermal performance, overheating, and it was just a handicapped MacBook. And everyone continued to buy it because they wanted to be in the Apple ecosystem. They they put up with the limited performance. And but you could fry an egg. You could fry, you an, could egg. fry you an egg. You could cook it. You can cook an egg. 
but you couldn't render a model. You can you could you could make breakfast, but you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't edit a video. And then all on on the side in parallel, like the the iPad Pro is outperforming the MacBook like Air, and even like yeah. the thirteen inch MacBook Pro in like single core performance. And yeah, but you could still cook breakfast. You're right. You can get yeah. your hundred. You can you can cap your hundred degrees <laughs> Celsius, and that was about it. So I, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting one to see what this what what the ramifications are for Intel. I mean, it's it's been a, it's been an interesting few years for Intel ever since uh, ever since Ryzen really blew up, and I mean. Back in 2017, when it was when it was introduced, or 2016, 2017 when it was first introduced, really took the uh, the community by storm. But with Ryzen 2 last year and the uh, the Ryzen 5 3600 just taking the absolute crown of bang for the buck PC, I, I don't know what Intel's going to do. I mean, they're still on 14 yeah. nanometer. Uh, the the new the new 10 the new 10 series 10980K. LMNOG XYW like it's still 14 mm-hmm. nanometer with with seven pluses. They're still thermal throttling. I, I don't know what they can. Yeah. It's 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 mind boggling. Yeah. Nanom- AMD nanometers are nanometers are a form of uh, unit of measurement. So I'm familiar. <laughs> I'm familiar. I I, I, I here's in, in my limited knowledge. Here's here's what I feel like Apple is doing. I feel like Apple is going full Amazon on this. They're just going to control the whole product line you know and obviously in in their sense it's it's kind of you know distribution and supply chain is no no longer really the challenge for them is okay what do i actually put inside of this box that i'm selling you and i feel like that's the move you know might be able to drive some lower costs and optimize performance not to sound like a consultant but that's really what they're aiming for and maybe they'll be able to even you know, give you a better performing chip at a lower cost, but still charge you an arm and a leg for it, even though their, you know, their margins might be able to go up. So what do we get out of this? We pay more money for a better product, but we don't really need to pay more money for it because it's cheaper for them. So yeah, that's, that's where I end up. What I'm just wondering now is what, what does this mean? So you, on, on one hand, you have the iPad Pro, which has been sitting in this weird, is it a computer? What's a computer? It, that well, that fucking commercial. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and, and and that's been kind of the meme for the last couple of years on on this little girl. First of all, this little girl, what's a computer? That's bullshit. Like, <laughs> that's like so aggressive. Fuck off. Fuck so off. aggressive. What's a computer? <laughs> but it's been sitting in this weird like it's not a computer. It's and the iPad the iPad in general has been just game changing since it was announced and it you know it was always the big iPod and then once applications were optimized for iPad it it really changed the game but you look at the iPad Pro now with the magic keyboard so, uh, you know native support for for mouse and keyboard the trackpad support running yeah. the running the Apple A13 you're going to have the MacBook Pro running the A13 and, and essentially iMac running the A13 and, and with Big Sur now essentially looking like a port of <laughs> iPad OS and iOS. I mean, are, are they just going to merge the products together? Are we, get, you know, are so, we getting touchscreen Macs? Like what, what's, what's down the pipe? 
So I, I, I have a feeling, you know, this from personal experience, the more I used my iPad when I when I had one, the less I wanted a full blown com- uh, laptop computer because the only and the only thing I was missing was the and and I don't know why, but it was just having a trackpad, just having you know clicky mouse kind of feel, and I, and I don't think I was really getting getting anything out of it other than working in applications where you're going keyboard mouse keyboard mouse because going keyboard touchscreen just maybe it's just not something we're used to, but even I have a touchscreen laptop now and I've you know poked the thing to pause and play Netflix. That's about all I've really done with it. So I feel like because you'll have apps optimized to an iPad and you know looking at more software focused kind of that extensible platform of hey I can pick up from my desktop and just log into this application on my iPad and I'm good to go it'll download everything work offline connect back I'm I'm you know everything's syncing I feel like you almost have to you know Get, tip the hat to the little girl. Maybe she was ahead of her time. Maybe there isn't something that's a computer anymore. Maybe we have this weird thing of, you know, of of iPads becoming the head of, uh, you know, the, the new product line that we need to all follow. The what's a computer commercial is is still and forever will be garbage. But you, you made a great point there about the touchscreen laptop, which I think the second the iPad started getting used for productivity instead of just like a media device the whole yeah. like touchscreen reliance just stopped working because the second you like attach a keyboard and stick it in landscape mode I don't want to I don't want to keep tapping things around I don't want to move the cursor with my finger I want to use a mouse for that I, yeah. I can't I can't edit Excel because you know I'm a professional and I use Excel for professional <laughs> things because Excel fucking everything runs on goddamn Excel Yep. But I don't want to be I don't want to be clicking around cells with my finger. So I think we're 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 gonna see just a merging of products. And I mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the beta for for Big Sur, which is yeah. Mac OS great name, by the way. Great name, Big Sur. Didn't Big they already Sur. have Big Sur? I thought they might I, have, is this a reuse of a name? I don't th- I don't think they did, because they have like Yosemite, Catalina, Mojave, but it's it's eleven now. We're we're done with with we're done with OS X. We're on OS eleven, and it looks it looks like iOS. Everything mm. is weirdly spaced out, like it's it's ready for <laughs> touchscreen adaptation. Yeah. Everything looks like an iOS icon, which is fucking mind blowing. It's also mm-hmm. they're they're also like bringing back in skeuomorphism on the apps. Like not everything's flat. There's like shading to things. So okay. that's, I don't, I don't know if I like it, but I don't like change. So that's probably, that's probably <laughs> part of the issue. But what I don't like is the switch from x86 to ARM I heard is going to be a two year, a two year hit on applications. And basically developers are going to have to say, do I want my application to run better on x86 or do I just want to go full speed ahead on ARM? Mm. And you know, Apple announced that See Rosetta Stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apple announced that Rosetta Two is going to act as the bridge between x86 and ARM. But if you remember the switch from Power, I think it was PowerPC to to x86, that was just a shit show in translating apps. So I don't know how confident I am 
in applications porting well. I mean, the uh, the project catalyst that they released kind of porting over iOS apps to Mac has seemed to be successful with some caveats, but, yeah, but I don't know. You, you know, do, do, is it really a risk for Apple? I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a diehard Android fan. I, I, I will keep Android in my pocket until the day I die. Fucking Never, green bubbles. Ever. Yeah, green bubbles. Green bubbles for life. You can change them to blue, but green bubbles <laughs> for life. But 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 the thing is, is I I made made a mistake of buying a Lenovo the the last time around a PC came out, and I had to go just get an iMac as a desktop because it just I don't know what it is, but it's just Windows never really kind of figured it back out. I feel like Apple has just a lock on that user experience on desktop and and you know on the tablet side and it's even if you do get some degraded performance I feel like the general person is still going to sit through it because it's got that you know Apple with a bite taken just I, I never why the fuck did somebody take a bite out of the Apple but you know it's still still got that on the screen so you know people will still eat it up but are you even a gamer if you prefer Mac OS to Windows that's the question right so, there so I am definitely not a gamer <laughs> And this was a big point of contention between, you know, me and the people who live in my house, uh, those who will not be named because they're also be sleeping outside in the yard. But I was looking to get a PC that had, you know, an RTX 1080 at least as my desktop so I could double it up for some gaming. But then I was quickly brought back down to earth and told that I need to, you know, generate income for this house. So, uh, yeah. That's that's where that conversation ended. But are, are we aware that Ninja made twenty million, leaving Mixer? Yeah, yeah. And you know what's the most upsetting part about Ninja making twenty million is, or was it twenty or thirty? Well, whatever. I think it was, I think it was thirty. Ag- yeah, egregious amount of money leaving Mixer in like you know a year and a half into the contract. But I think the worst part about it is he's a fucking Lions fan, and I'm a Lions fan. And if anyone deserves. $30 million for the service and the tears and the blood and the sweat that we've poured into the Detroit Lions. It is fucking me. I, I, I'm going to go on my soapbox and say I deserve the $30 million more than Ninja. I don't care how good he is at Fortnite. I can build a real tower with real wood faster than he can. Yeah, I feel, I, I feel so bad for you following the Lions and cheering for Tom Brady every fucking Super Bowl. I feel so bad for you. You deserve every penny of that $30 million. <laughs> and you deserve just as many open mouth kisses from Tom Brady for all your uh, suffering. Yes. Why'd you have to go there? Uh, we didn't need that. Tom Brady's tongue will forever be on the internet and I will forever forever bring it up tommy what were you thinking man what were you thinking but being the being the lifetime android user are you excited that us apple plebeians are finally Mm. getting android of 2011 yeah i I mean i think my my s4 had widgets (laughs) (laughs) we're getting we're getting widgets we're getting an app drawer Mm. I'm getting the ability to change my default breath. How much do you wow. think that pain? Wow. Apple? How much do you think that freedom them for me to be able to use for me to be able to use Gmail and mm-hmm. Chrome? How much does that hurt? Because I like how it yeah. wasn't announced on the WWDC. 
Like it wasn't in the keynote and it was in mm-hmm. such small text on all yeah. of the highlights. It's incredible. It's incredible. It, it's like it's like when you when you lose an argument and halfway through like defending yourself, you realize, ah, oh, fuck, I really picked the wrong side in this. And you have to find like the most graceful exit strategy. And that's what Apple did. They were like hey, yeah, so you know how we've been copying Android for the last four years silently? Well, it's going to be even less silent this time because it's literally only Android feature updates on this version of iOS. And we'll present it to you, but it's going to be in 0.5 font, you know, and in sand writing so that no one takes it seriously. Well, the, the good news is they have a new conversation app which can translate and the, the mind-blowing fucking concept. You can translate languages to mm. available like eight other languages. Mm. I don't know another service that can translate yeah. languages in a conversational maybe should, manner. Maybe you should Google translate tools and see what comes up. I should see I should see what comes up on that because that's that's revolutionary. Yeah. And it's 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 a brand new technology, so it's only available in eight languages. You know, yeah, it's so brand new. It, it, make it, sure you make sure you go through Safari for that, because if you use Chrome, you might get too many answers that I you're might, not looking I for. I might get too many answers. No, but in Green in, Bubble life. Yeah, fuck the Green Bubble. I still say fuck the Green Bubble. I hate <laughs> I hate when like I can't see my message was delivered. I think that might be it. I think that might uh, be the one thing that pisses me off more than anything. Is that so you want I me t- to you want me to turn read receipts on? That's that's really what you're looking for. No, what I should really start doing is just using WhatsApp. Like, let's be real. I should mm. use WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. That solves all my problems. Everyone has the same same fucking uh, text color. I can see when it's yeah. Delivered. That is the one thing that I that I still hate about texting on my Android, and I know Google just came out with their Messenger, and it's still I I, I don't, I'm not fully there with it, um, but just being able to text from your desktop or your laptop or your iPad, it would be such a godsend. That's the one yeah. resentment that I've had yeah. all these years and trying to find plugins and do this, that, and the other. Never found a good source. I don't even use the native texting app, but I like that because I have my choice and I like to be able to make my own choice. So I use Textra, but there's, you know, I like WhatsApp because you can, you know, just go to web.whatsapp.com and boom, you're there and it's sending from, from that kind of same iMessage experience. The texting, the texting from the computer, is the biggest win. But, but you can do SMS on a, on a Mac, which is great. So mm. I, I don't know. Yeah. Siri, Siri did get an overhaul. Siri now doesn't take up your entire screen, like other voice assistants. <laughs> oh, yeah, she like got <laughs> she got twenty thousand new answers. So she's ah. not going to be incompetent. Probably still will be. I mean, Siri. Yeah. Siri is so bad. Like I can't even. I can't even make a a, a half-assed witty remark about it. It is so bad. Mm. It can't yeah. call. It it the whole hey Siri thing doesn't work. <laughs> fuck it fucking works. The one time I try the, and like call it out. The only downside of of having an Android phone and then having about thirty Google Homes in my house is 
my phone responds to, I believe, hey, Google, and I might see it light up here. No, it's hi, Google, or no, it's okay, Google. There we go. And then my Google Homes, there you go, it lights up. And my Google Homes respond to okay, Google, and hi, Google. So I never know what device I'm talking to. And the, and the unfortunate thing is sometimes I need to do something specific to my phone that you know the Google Homes can't do. So what we're really looking for is can Android catch up with the texting and can Apple stop copying Android and come up with some original ideas? So it's a vicious cycle. You just, mm-hmm. you, you just walked in a circle right there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So final, final question to leave on, on this. When are you getting an iPhone? Never, never. I will, I will tattoo, I will tattoo the little Android green robot thing on my chest before I get an iPhone. Okay, well, have fun with your green bubbles. Yeah. And that will lead us into our next uh, our next sponsor. This episode of Bourbon Glaze Nonsense is brought to you in part by Krusty Krab Pizza. The Krusty Krab Pizza is the pizza for you and me. And I cannot stress again, if any real companies are out there with real dollars and real advertising budget, please give us your money, please. And now on to gaming. And of course, by gaming, I mean, I mean, Call of Duty, because again, let's be real. We are, we are basic as fucking our gaming life consists of Call of Duty, specifically Modern Warfare. And I think just to show the lens in which we're, we're coming from and just how average and mediocre we are at this game, just want to be fully transparent and, and give some give some stats of ours and establish a baseline on really should you be listening to us and should you be taking any of our advice or just doing no. the exact opposite? <laughs> so I think it's a good good inaugural uh, segment to kind of you know give our KD, you know what we've been doing the past week and, and some insight there. Yeah, and, and it's almost like that uh, mad money thing. Should you follow Jim Cramer because he's yelling at you and on TV screen <laughs> or should you listen to us because we're yelling at you in your ear? Or should you just do the opposite? So, um, I, I I will I will take a stab at my stats unless you want to go first, Cole Bell. But um, uh, where do we want to start? Do we want to start Warzone or multiplayer? Because I feel like we got to do both. Uh, let's let's start let's start with multiplayer and then move on to Warzone because I think Warzone is going to be a much deeper conversation just in general. Yeah, and, and and I think we'll we'll do weekly check-ins and we'll do our yeah. lifetime stats to start and then do weekly check-ins to see how we progress. So, um, yeah, weekly weekly stats and all multiplayer games. I'm looking at a solid 1.05 KD. I I mean, like I'll I'll take anything that's positive. The thing I'll point out, and and I want to see how I compare it to you. I feel like I get a lot of headshots when I play the game. When I'm in the game, I'm I just I feel like it's a lot. So I got 212 of my 1,197 kills. And I'll do the quick mats in the background as you talk through your stuff, but give you a ratio of headshots to kills. But I feel like I get a lot, 1.05 KD. And, and, and I'll do a quick hard flex. Looking at my last 20 games for KD, I had a spike at 9.33 KD. And I know you were on for that game. That was, I popped. <laughs> I popped off at the Euphrates Bridge. It was just Snipe City, and so we got to we got to remove it. the outlier. We got to yeah. remove the one <laughs> fire game. What was what was so the average is was what you said one point oh five. 
Yeah, 1.05 for the week. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. What was the uh, so what was the lifetime headshots at? Uh, oh, lifetime I don't know. So let me look at lifetime. Lifetime KD is 1.06. So technically I was I had a down week even with the 9.33 KD <laughs> in, in one of my 20 games, which is which is tough, but uh, I'll pull up my I'll pull up my headshots for life and headshots for the week while you go through your numbers and we'll yeah, compare so, at the end. So lifetime I'm clearly an inferior player to the D Town Slim Shady. Follow him on uh, Twitch, Xbox Live, Mixer, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. <laughs> but uh, lifetime for the Cold Bell, we're looking at a point nine eight KD ratio. We are <clears throat> we are quickly approaching the even 1.0 sporting a lifetime 13,670 kills 2,250 of which are headshots for the week we had a good week uh, 1.02 654 kills 102 of which were headshots with a spike at a uh, 3.0 kd nice nice that's formidable Three is good. Three is like one of those games where you feel like you really earned it. Yeah. You, 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 you died you know a little you bit. But the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I did the did the quick mats in the background, and I don't know if you have yours. Lifetime, I'm sitting right around 20% headshots, and uh, weekly stats, I'm sitting about 17.7% on headshots. Yeah, so for the week, I'm on about 15.5 and, and probably the same for the lifetime i am much less of an accurate shooter i don't use the sniper i cannot snipe the closest thing i've gotten to a sniper (laughs) is a fat is an is a semi-automatic uh a (laughs) semi-automatic assault rifle but no i am i live i live in the body i'd be the ideal quarterback because i hit him between the waist and the neck (laughs) and that's where that's where i live so no, I'm uh, not. I'm not getting headshots galore. I can barely hit a long shot. <laughs> yeah, sniping. Sniping. I can't do that either. I feel like. I feel like by having more headshots, I'm actually less accurate because I feel like I'm aiming for the head, which means I'm too high. I, I should. I should probably start at the chest and aim up. And I feel like by the time you get towards the head, guy's probably gone. So. And that's that's the real question. Are you more? Are you technically more accurate than I am with with the shooting? Well, well, I'm definitely more accurate since we broke the game and turned on aim assist on the uh, <laughs> in the fucking controller settings. Didn't know that was a thing. But Shout out to my brother. <laughs> I think I think that's worth calling out because holy shit, the game gets a lot snappier when you make two oh, little yeah. adjustments. I mean, oh, yeah. I I've never I've never thought to turn off motion blur and mm-hmm. turn on more I, I i forget what the uh what the setting is it wasn't it was like aggressive aim assist but yeah. damn if you're if you're in the vicinity it just snaps to the person s curve or something yeah, like that it's like yeah. it's uh-huh. all all these maths you know if i could read i wouldn't have gone into the uh into all these maths but um i mean if it's if it's right there in the game it's just in the controller settings and you could just increase the aim assist is it is it cheating? Is it are you less of a game, or is it just shame on you for not knowing it? I think I think it's partially shame. I don't think it's cheating. Let's start there because everyone has it. It's like you know if it was like only certain people got steroids, then it's cheating, right? But everyone gets the steroids, and 
I don't know if you tried all of them out, but some of those things are fucking hard to use. They are not, they actually do the opposite. They make you worse at shooting. So I feel like, <laughs> one, you have to be, you, you are more of a gamer for changing it from like whatever the standard default is. And I have to go check because mine still might be a standard default <laughs> even after discovery. So I might be less of a gamer. And two, definitely not cheating because it's available to everyone. Yeah, I guess I guess if it's available to everyone, it's it's I guess it's not cheating. It's just uh, it you just feel first mm-hmm. off the first time you use it. All I'll say is it's very akin to the first time doing something else. But damn, it is just <laughs> it is life changing. It you is just absolutely you just life changing. Don't remember quite how you got to that. What life was like before I don't it? I remember is. what life was like before the. I my hands were quivering on the controller. <laughs> that first headshot, long shot. I mean, I had I had no business taking that shot, and yeah. it just snapped. And the guy the guy had a few choice words to tell me. I yeah. complete side note. I my favorite feature of this game is the five seconds you get after you kill a guy to hear his response. Oh, yeah, I, the kill I would chat. Love, I would love nothing more than to get the next five minutes and hear people's reaction to my reaction when they kill me. <laughs> but that's, 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 a, that's, a song for, that's a song for another time. I think, yeah. I think we need to get into the, uh, the most recent update mm-hmm. within season four and the... There, there was a lot of weapon adjustments. You know, there was a, there was a, uh, a nerf to the MP5. There was a buff to the foul. Um, but I think the most notable and, and potentially most impactful to the game is the nerf to the growl, which I'll be completely yeah. honest. I, I don't know if I've, if I've really seen much, at least in multiplayer. I haven't seen that much of a difference in multiplayer. And looking at some of the patch notes... A lot of it had to do with the recoil stabilization on the yeah. ground because the thing was an absolute fucking beam. Yep. Before. Yep. And it's it's still it's still great medium range if you if you can get that first shot it still shoots straight but but mm-hmm. I guess the question is what do you what are you using now are you still using the growl are you finding a replacement. Yeah, um, as as somebody who learned about the growl due to Doctor Disrespect and just randomly watching a Twitch stream R. and R. saying, "Say yeah, well, Champions Champions Club will be back," as he says, <laughs> "Wonder where, wonder where," but I don't know. Uh, but I, I I I got onto the growl game late, which I which I feel like there was. If I used it more often, maybe my stats might be better because it did shoot in an absolute straight line as long as you had it set it up set it up the right way. But I've moved on to the M13, which I believe is kind of almost the replacement for the Growl. And the reason is it still shoots in a very straight line, kind of the same fire rate and damage and as the Growl. But the big thing is the ADS speed on the magnified scope is 10 trillion times faster. And one of the barrels, I forget which Tempest it is, but it includes a monolithic suppressor pretty much built in. So you get two attachments as one, which I know now that I'm using this shit, they're going to nerf it next week. And it's just (laughs) going to be like, I got to go find myself another gun. But I'm running that with the MP7 because MP5 rest in peace to that as well. Well, the the MP7 is is and I again take 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 it how you may grain of salt. 
I have a .98 KD. I'm not going to game. <laughs> Qualify MP7, yourself. <laughs> MP7, in my opinion, should be the everyone's primary gun if they're not going to run Ghost in Warzone. It yeah. slaps as an SMG. Mm-hmm. The fire rate is incredible, yep. and it, there's zero recoil. That yeah. being said, what you run with it, <clears throat> I've been running the M4 since day one because the second I got the game <laughs> and went and went about one in thirty in my first like four <laughs> multiplayer matches, I did a quick Google on like what gun should I use. That's our level of gameplay: googling guns. <laughs> And they told me M4, and the M4 was great. It got it got a few nerfs, but it was never really dramatically hit. Yeah. But I'm still I'm still running it. I have the like 17 foot barrel with the monolithic suppressor and the Ranger Four <laughs> grip. And it's it's good, and and the ground just shoots straighter. But I yeah. gotta tell you, I, I read about the I read about the buff to the foul and the one shot headshot. Mm-hmm. And I had been saying since day one, why the fuck would you use a semi-automatic assault rifle? Yep. It is so much fun to use in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I am so afraid to use it in Warzone, but it is it is so good. It are you is, are it, you af- are you afraid because of how good you can be, or because you feel <laughs> like the skills are just not going to translate? Oh, the skills are absolutely not going to translate whatsoever. <laughs> What so? But it makes it makes sense that I would use the foul the way I use my secondary because I just run anything anything that I can I can see mid sprint. I'm using the MP7, yeah. and then I'm only using my secondary when I'm mounted on on a deployable cover or over the window <laughs> which, in a corner. Which, again, this is this is how bad I am at the game. The more I yeah. talk to this, I'm like, why the fuck have I not been using the foul since day one? There's zero mm-hmm. recoil and it's more powerful. But yeah. that's that's why I don't have a positive KD. And so, even the slight, even the slight recoil for somebody who aims for the chest like you, that exactly. that little bump gets you straight back to the head, which is why I love. I don't, I forget what the I think it's the FRS, but the the Famus in this game. That's why I loved it from the start because that burst would just drag you up to a headshot to start oh, with. But, but that gun is just garbage. It is. <laughs> it is a garbage gun. <laughs> you if if somebody out. Even if some, even if you outdraw somebody, it still was pretty much game over. You had to, you had to get the headshot. There was no other way. That's that's the thing that pisses me off most is when you get the first shot off and you get the hit marker before yeah. like the blood around your screen starts coming in and you still die. <laughs> I could, I could under, I could understand the headshot, but when yeah. you come in and your gun just outperforms mine, mm-hmm. I, that's that's when I'm throwing the that's when I'm throwing the controller through the screen. Yeah, and, because it's and, not you. You can't do anything. You outperformed it, the person. It's it's and and more more recently when everyone's running around with the carbine and <sighs> the and the car like it's happening more and more. I'm getting I this is the worst. I had three shots and a guy with his back turned and he spins, does a little hop and pegs mm, me between the, the eyes. Hop. Fuck the hop that guy. is the fucking Fuck worst. That guy. Go play Fortnite. Hey, if you guys are listening and you hop, keep keep listening. I was gonna say don't listen, <laughs> but just like play more Fortnite. I don't know. I just I don't get it. You know, you're if you're. I feel like the creators of Call of Duty should not let you jump while you're getting shot because I and and I have zero experience with being shot at from a real gun. But I feel like the 
very, very last instinct you have is jumping to avoid the next bullet that's coming at you. I feel like stop, drop, and roll might be a better impulse, which is why when somebody sprints up to you and then drops to the ground and one-shot headshots you, you hate it, but you're like, you know, there was some skill required because you had to lay down and still look up and shoot me. Jumping around is just like... I'm, uh, I don't. I don't know if that belongs in this game. Now, now if you jump in 360, now we're talking. Yeah, that that if has you, to be it. If, if you jump, if it automatically mid-air, leads to a 360. If you're in midair, pre 360, the game should not register the hit. It just yep. should not. Or that's, if if, you, if you're that's getting my shot way to at Call of Duty. If you're getting shot at and you're eating bullets and you hit the A or the X button or whatever you space bar, I guess, on a PC, because I don't know how to fuck play on a computer, it just automatically automatically spins you around. That's just it. Like you're getting shot at I with a bullet, it. you automatically spin. So I you have it. no idea I what's going it. on. And we're we we I like this because we're fixing the game. We are fixing yeah. Call of Duty. It's it's a collaborative process. The game is clearly mm-hmm. not finished. No. You know, it's and it's it's made more evident by the fact that you can just sit in a corner with a shotgun yep. and there's no repercussion. Like you should, the more you stay in place, the less damage a gun should do. Like if, oh, you, yeah. if you are just camped out and you are tented up, you got your little fireplace going, you're making a little breakfast sausage on a, on a cast iron <laughs> skillet, your gun should not fire. It should just jam. Yeah. I, that's jam. An, that's another thing. Use some, <laughs> R- use some random number, some RNG, make some oh gun God. jam. You want to get you want to get some rage quit content? <laughs> Have your fucking sniper jam when you're the second person left on Warzone Ooh, and you lose that. to a jam gun. Yeah, that would be that would be incredible. That would be oh incredible. My God, that would be unbelievable. Oh. No, but I think I think that should go double for the marksman rifles, especially when you go up against, you know, you got this cutting edge, high fire rate, SMG or AR, and you're coming up against a guy who's fighting with, you know, the gun your great granddad fought in World War II with <laughs> and just blows you to pieces. I feel like, oh you know, I, I feel like that's the gun that's got to get the first jam is, is a marksman rifle. Is what? A, a, other than the, the EBR. What fuck is a marksman rifle? <laughs> like, tell, tell me, like, I think of marksman rifle and I think of that, like, one 1970s game in, like, every dive bar, like mm-hmm. Deer Hunter or Big Deer Buck Hunter, Hunter. <laughs> where you get, like, three 12-gauge shots and, like, takes you three shots to take a, a, a fucking mallard down. Yep. But all of a sudden, it's, like, piercing me between the eyes, dropping me left and right. <laughs> You're throwing a thermal scope on it. Like, it just doesn't make sense. What is a marksman rifle? So I think I think if we dissect the name, I think we know what it is, and I think I know why we don't understand it. If you look at the word marksman, it implies a lot of skill, right? You're 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 an accurate shooter. You're very technically sound, and those are things that we just are not. Like half the time, I find myself aiming down my sights at a guy who's standing at the other end of the hallway. And my, you know, my red dot sensor is straight at the fucking ceiling. Like, what am I trying to do? Shoot Batman from his perch? That's, I think, what what differentiates us from gamers yeah. is the ability of the marksman. You just described a fucking sniper, though. <laughs> it takes a lot of skill and a mm-hmm. marksman to aim down mm-hmm. their sight and hit a headshot. 
Okay. Yeah. So then what's a sniper rifle? Just a, you know, higher powered one. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Here, hear me out on this. We're, we're, we're improving the game, right? If you have a sniper, you have to take wind in, in, into account. If it's a marksman, you get less range, but you don't have to take wind into account. So we're just saying fuck physics. Well, I'm, I'm saying screw the range of the marksman. Just don't even give a wind indicator. Like somebody has to just, you know, hit a one in a million shot for a long shot with the marksman because that's what it should be because it's a World War II gun or a crossbow, which has, you know, the dip I'd, already. Let's, 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 just not, let's just not talk about the fucking crossbow or the fucking collie <laughs> sticks. That's just, that's, that, that's just so disrespectful. Broken. So, I don't so even want to talk about that. When the guy does the fucking run to you, <laughs> yep. when he's about to beat you with the fucking bamboo sticks, <laughs> and you're f- you're shooting him in the chest with a with a five five six, and he still comes and beats you to death. There's nothing more disrespectful. Think, nothing think, more disrespectful at all. I think that's got to be the most terrifying first gamer moment because I didn't know what they were. I didn't see, you know, obviously not being a gamer, I didn't read the patch notes. And then here comes this man sliding into me and all I see is a whirlwind around him and I go to shoot him and he hits me the first time and the next thing I know, I'm staring at the fucking ceiling because he smacked me upside the head. (laughs) It was terrifying, terrifying. So, So answer me this. If a marksman rifle is so different than a sniper rifle, and it's so different than an assault rifle. Tell me the difference between the FAL, the EBR, and the SKS. One is American-made, one is Russian, and I'm going to throw out a guess a third is a German. That's that's what I'm going to go for. So, <laughs> so. so so one of those people does assault, <laughs> one of them snipers. And, like, what? It's the same goddamn gun, except it uses different rounds and fucking... They're all semi-auto. They all have the same yeah. basic fucking iron sights. The same goddamn yeah. gun. Yeah, well, I, I do understand. I feel like the FAL and the EBR are practically the same thing, but I feel like the EBR might shoot larger rounds. I'm not good at this game. That sh- you just you just spoke German to me, Guten Tag. <laughs> like, does that does that matter? Like, is that is that actually something that like matters in this game? The the ammo. Like, I know you can add as different yeah. attachments, but like. So, so a quick Google search calls the EBR an MK14, which makes me think, is it a derivative of the MK2 carbine? So, maybe that's that's our maybe that's our next episode. Deep dive into what is a marksman rifle yeah. actually answered. I'm just gonna uh. stick with the uh, the M the M4. Everyone's gonna call me a piece of trash, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna. I'm never gonna go fucking positive. <laughs> we'll make it out okay. And on a positive note, let's go to our uh, let's go to our next sponsor. This episode is brought to you in part by Date Mike. Nice to meet me. But unlike Date Mike, we are real and we will accept your money just like the Prince of Nigeria. All right, that brings us all the way around to our very last topic in our very first podcast. Uh, we 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 got two little uh Little interesting questions, and what we want to do here is just just open it up to whatever's interesting that's going on in our lives. And you know, good friend Cole Bell here just rang me up before we actually recorded this and said, you know, I've been asking myself this question after the Fourth of July weekend, and he's he's trying desperately to find the answer. And maybe you have it, I don't yet. But how do you go about life 
and live the dad life, you know, with the Air Force Ones or, you know, the, the lawn mowing without a shirt on for about 700 hours because you have to make every blade of grass perfect. How do you get all those things without actually producing offspring? How do you get there? What are the tasks? It's and, and the more I think about it and it's it's you look at Fourth of July is like the epitome. It's the dad weekend. It's 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 dad's yep. day. Like fathers, mm-hmm. it's not even Father's Day. Father's yep. Day is a fraud. We're gonna throw the F word out there. <laughs> it's Fourth of July. Is there mm-hmm. nothing more American than just a middle aged guy with a gut, mm. with just with just like knee high Wilson white socks with some yep. brand spanking new Air Monarchs. Those like mm-hmm. white and blue Nikes or New yep. Balance. It's a <laughs> toss up between. Yeah. It's like it's like East Coast West Coast Air Monarchs and the New Balance yep. that are like stained halfway up by the grass yep. that he just cut. <laughs> and you got like some golf polo with some with some company that went out of business fourteen years ago. Enron and some like <laughs> Enron Enron <laughs> summer internship nineteen ninety <laughs> and some like some illicit like insert phrase here the chef yeah as an apron just yep. man in the grill just sweating on everyone's burger that's why that's why fourth of july burgers taste so good <laughs> because sweat. you got just you got just one guy just pouring yep. in pouring all that salty goodness into your burger yep. but it's an incredible yep. life just think about that doing that all year long mm-hmm. you just but without the responsibility of a kid just mm-hmm. rocking those dad shoes and cargo shorts. I yeah, miss just, I I miss wearing cargo shorts. When did wearing cargo <laughs> shorts stop being cool? Like I want all of those pockets. Like yeah. I have, I, our our for our, what our smartphones? Tater tots? Well, no, because our, <laughs> our fucking phones now are like seven and a half inches long. I have fourteen yep. keys. You know, house keys, car keys. I got my wallet. I got anything else I want to throw in there. My pockets are like seven feet out to the side. I want a cargo <laughs> pocket. Cargo pocket's perfect for the phone. Cargo pocket's yeah. perfect for the wallet. And yeah. Monarchs look so comfortable. I want, <laughs> I want nothing more than just to wake up and get away from everyone and go mow my lawn. That mm-hmm. just sounds incredible. Is, that is sounds that incredible. The, is that the crowning moment, though? Like, is that when you officially... Because I'll ask you this question because you're, you're on this pursuit heavy. Have you ever actually seen those air monarchs or those white new balances in like anything online shopping, whatever the I've last time you were in a foot locker. No. I've never, I don't there's know if there's like a secret, secret society. Score. <laughs> yeah. It's Just, like once, it's like once you have your first kid, yep. you get like knocked out and you wake up with like <laughs> these hooded guys and there's like a table of like dad paraphernalia. There's a, there's an orange box and it's like yep. the Nike symbol. And it's just like a brand spanking new pair of Air Monarchs, yep. and then a fucking John Deere mower. And yep. it's just like you are now, you are now a dad. Like there that's it. That's it. Your your tax into this like society is like hair where it should be. And we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you the title of dad. You no longer have to be in shape. You can yep. like just not give a shit about what anybody thinks. You can be mm-hmm. rude to anybody on the road. I mean, you're you're now the only good driver in existence once you become a dad. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So so what you're what you're trying to pretty much do is figure out how do you get knocked out and anointed into the secret society without producing offspring. Exactly. 
Exactly. Mm. Because that's it. That's the that's the price to pay. That's the tax. Well, like because you what, you, what if, you wanna watch what beer if, you wanna watch football on Sundays and have that beer. Yeah. But you have to go to fucking Little League. Like you have yeah. to sit through seven year old. You mm. have to sit through seven year olds missing yeah. like seventeen pitches down the middle and getting <laughs> burnt. Yep. And you're, 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 you know you're missing the kickoff of the one o'clock game, <laughs> and by the time by the time you get home, you're asleep. You can you know, yep. you're you're lucky if you make it to the third quarter of the four o'clock game. And let's <laughs> let's not even let's not even talk about Sunday night football. You are dead asleep by eight o'clock. You are missing <laughs> you are missing Carrie Underwood in whatever yep. rendition she's coming in on. It's Sunday night. Yeah, that is no longer part of your day. You you pass out from little league and wake up for work. That miss just the Chris Collinsworth slide in. You miss you miss all miserable. the great stuff. So I, I think I think I think I have the cheat code for you and and see how you feel about this. Sperm donor. Think about it. You technically have the kid, none of the responsibility. It is biologically yours, so you might still get knocked out and put into this, you know, mythological world you're talking about. So you know there's offspring out there, but you don't have to be responsible for it. Wasn't that the plot line of the Vince Vaughn moving? Oh yeah! Oh wow! <laughs> like 50 okay, kids or something? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, was it Vince Vaughn? Yeah, I think yeah, it was so. Vince Vaughn. I'm sure Owen Wilson was in there somewhere. I mean that that might be the guy to follow. Like Vince Vaughn doesn't have kids, but Vince Vaughn's a dad, hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn's he, a dad. He slays does, in movies. Does he for sure in real life not have kids? Again, again, if this if we were good at podcasting, we would have done our research. He's got two children. Quick Google does. search. Okay. Vince Vaughn yeah. is a dad because he's a dad. Yeah, but see his his kids his kids look young in the in the and of course I don't know how how, you know, current these pictures are, but but I feel like maybe maybe that's your cheat code. Maybe you pretend to be a dad. You kind of like talk about having this fake fake life. And you have the kids at home so you can do the dad things and then just have kids at like 45. Maybe. I just, yeah. I just need to find and, – and maybe this, is, maybe this is a recurring segment on my pursuit <laughs> of a childless dad life. Because I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm persistent. I'm committed. Like yeah, I don't, I don't want to wear Jordans. Out. I don't want to wear Jordans. I don't want to wear Adidas. I want to wear Air Monarchs. That's all yeah. I want. I want that I mean, in cargo shorts. What more could you ask for? All right. So I think this brings us to our last topic, which we hope will be recurring uh, to the two and a half of you still awake through this. Uh, I mean, frankly, we hope this think. podcast will be will be recurring. So Yeah. Well, let's, is... let's see if we can even get it published. <laughs> this might just be us talking to ourselves for one night of the week, a week. Um Looking at something called the Unholy Trinity. Wow, I can't even pronounce it. Unholy Trinity. Um, Trying to combine the three worst kind of next day regrets, most painful situations based off a particular topic. And And our topic for, you know, it fits well with the 4th of July theme because... You know, some some of these states are opening up. You get to see some of your people, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what's happening in the world. And you know, take the take take the train down Drink Street, and maybe some of you just aren't aren't practiced enough, and you 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 wake up the next day really wondering what happened to you, just like a train ran you over with that hangover. And 
we wanted to come up with what are the three worst things about the day after hangover that you just have to live through and you have to experience and you know you have to do it every single time that moment your eyes wake up and you're in brutal pain from a splitting ha- uh, headache i'll just double down on that scenario especially because we're all in we're all practicing social distancing and work from home and covid just the three worst inevitable next day activities after drinking on a work night, whether mm. it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we're all doing it. We're yep. all drinking every night of the week. Like, what else is there to do? <laughs> the, the more, the more, the more I distance from you, the higher my BAC. Because oh, yeah. why not? Liquor stores are essential. So, I mean, somebody's got to keep them wild. in business. That you the know. fact that liquor stores were deemed essential was all the justification I needed. What a what a roller coaster for a country from going from banning you know alcohol literally a hundred years ago to now it's deemed an essential yeah. service. Real real one eighty there. I I would even I would even counter that with look look twenty to thirty years ago, inventing the internet, liquor is essential. So where where did mm-hmm. we where did we go wrong? We're supposed to have flying cars. Yeah, exactly. Where's Marty McFly? Come on, Doc. Give me, give me something. But they have the shoes that tie themselves, though. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's. You don't even have a hoverboard. I feel like that was like the lamest thing of all the things from bad. Back to the Future. That was like the only like. They looked at that movie and said, "What is the easiest thing to knock off this list?" And let's go after it. Oh man, I think they're selling for like ten thousand dollars on StockX too. So yeah. if you want to cop yourself a pair. So, Cole Bell, kick us off into this list of the unholy trinity. What what do you got sitting at number one? I mean, number number one's an easy one. It's uh, it's it's something that ninety percent of the time on any other day brings you a lot of joy, relief, <laughs> and and just some trip, <laughs> just a trip into your own thoughts. Is is that that morning Seclusion. after trip trip to the porcelain throne? I mean, mm-hmm. I I don't think there's any of our any of our four listeners will agree that the mudslides yeah. after a heavy night of drinking are just just Painful. debilitating to start yeah. the day. It's 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 it, there's nothing redeeming about it. I, I you know when I, when I was younger, I used to think, oh, you know, that's just gonna get get it out of my system. Let's start the day. No, it's just it just lingers. It makes you mm-hmm. feel dirty. You are dirty. You're a bad <laughs> shit for the you day. Like dirty. it's just, <laughs> it's just. There is no better metaphor for your day after yeah. what you did the night before than that morning trip to the throne. So that's that yeah. shitting is number one. I also feel like the amount of time and effort that you have to dedicate to that process really doubles down because sometimes it's not immediate. Sometimes you really have to just like sit in there sweating your old, you know, vodka or whatever you're having the last night and just really regret everything. And that just that kind of segues into part two of just once you get out of there, obviously you got to splash some cold water in the face and then face up to the man in the mirror and Oof, never a pretty sight. You know, it's it's like the complete opposite of when you got that good buzz going and you know you're <laughs> climbing that hill and you're at a bar or something like that and you like, you know, pop into the bathroom quick and you know, music's still vibing in there and you you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, 
fuck yeah, I'm I'm lit right now, but I feel good. It is the polar opposite, that morning after look. It's just like, I remember that look, and then everything <laughs> just went ass backwards for the rest of the night. that face you make, when you look mm. at yourself, it's like it's like a seven-year-old looking at broccoli. It's just a little... <laughs> It's like you said that that night before when you look at yourself in the mirror when you're when you're at the the tipping point of mm-hmm. together buzzed but like you got a little swagger about you I don't know about you but I just pop myself that like nice little, little little cheeky grin in the mirror like all right I got it just that disgusting look on my face just ugh bag yeah. of shit in the mirror mm-hmm. yeah and then you're like you're like it's it's even worse when you're like wearing the same clothes as the night before you you come home <laughs> You might have taken the jeans off, but you're still wearing like one sock and the same shirt. And I'm just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I got a call in 14 minutes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's 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 such a tough realization when you're just like, what time is it? Because I, I feel like that's that's the biggest challenge for me. Because, you know, after a good night's sleep, you wake up, you're like, ah, I got like three hours, two hours, you know, whatever your schedule is. I'm easy into the day. It always feels like somewhere between looking at yourself in the mirror and the morning trip to the bathroom, you just lose track of time. And whether it's you didn't check the, you know, the watch or the clock and whatever you're looking at to tell, tell your time, but you didn't check it before you went into the bathroom or you check it afterward. And it's just like, ah, oh, shit, now I got to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of the day. Have yeah. I missed anything? Yeah, did I did, did I miss 10 calls? Do I do I need to figure out what type of illness do I have? Can my symptoms be mirrored to coronavirus symptoms? Like, what, what 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 line of defense do I need to take this week? That's that's a tough realization. I mean, you know, you really teed me up for number three, almost as if uh, we put some effort into this. Mm-hmm. Number number three on the unholy trinity is is coming up with that excuse for why you missed that first call or first meeting because it's gonna happen. You yep. know it. You you have a you have a seven thirty shit went wrong meeting and you got home at four forty five. There's no <laughs> shot you're waking up. You're you're thinking you're already thinking in the Uber home, what am I gonna say? Like who died and why did I miss this call? Like like I don't care who it is, it's it's with the CEO of like the Catholic Church. Yep. I'm missing this meeting. Why yep. did I do it? And that, that rounds that rounds out the top three for 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 us on the unholy trinity of of just what's gonna happen the night after uh or the morning after drinking on a work night. All right, folks. The inaugural podcast, the inaugural episode of Bourbon Glazed Nonsense. It was long. It was messy. It was dirty. It's our baby, and we love it. To all seven of you still listening, (laughs) please tune in next week. For episode number Please. two. Please keep listening. To all viable businesses out there, we will <laughs> gladly accept your money for any and all ad reads. Do you want to increase your business reach by seven viewers? Contact <laughs> us. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>